Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Ready to triple your creative production speed? Seltra is a software for scaling creative and content in the cloud. In Seltra, brands can create and launch all the variations they need for successful campaigns. More at Seltra.com. Hi, you're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, the Ad Week podcast where we talk about marketing, media, technology, advertising, and pop culture. Because in the end, everything's an ad. I'm not David Greiner. I'm Nicole Ortiz, Senior Editor of Opinions and Trends here at Ad Week. And I'm hosting this week's episode of the podcast. If you have any questions after the show, you can always hit us up via email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks. So right now we're kind of living in this weird reality of everybody being remote. We're recording a podcast remote, fully remote. I guess we always kind of do partial remote. Um, And we're just seeing so much changing literally day to day, hour to hour. Um, We see that South by Southwest was canceled. Can is going to be moved uh, to October, I believe. And we're seeing like all the upfronts and new fronts are going digital. Uh, there's just so much airlines and hotels are doing mass layoffs right now as nobody is booking any trips, uh, cause no one's allowed to travel basically across the whole world right now. Um, and yeah, it's just been kind of crazy. So with us today, I have Jess DeFaris, our social editor and Casey Burdett, our photo editor. Hello. Hi. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, so, yeah, how are you guys kind of dealing with the whole work-from-home life? Um, I'll can, I can say for me, Casey, uh, that it's been difficult, My mainly because I have uh, a kid and two Huskies, and so in a one-bedroom apartment in uh, New York. So uh, she's going crazy. I'm going crazy. Otherwise, I would love this. Yeah, here it's, uh, I'm definitely feeling a little stir crazy. Yeah, this is Jess. Um, I've, uh, I've been so connected on social lately, you know, I'm always kind of on, but uh, it's been sort of nonstop the past week or two on social. It's been a whole nother world, you know, Facebook mass deleting coronavirus related subject matter, even if it's not spam. And then um, last night, Zuckerberg interviewed um, a the, the country's leading infectious disease expert about 
you know, the timeline, the government's response, testing, vaccines, and whether hot weather would curb its effects. And the answer was maybe not, and we don't know. Um, and then other platforms and apps like Twitter and LinkedIn and WhatsApp and Nextdoor have been making some strides that will help people stay connected and informed and healthy. Um, our channels, Adweek's channels, have been busy with people talking about their remote work habits, and that's been a lot of fun, um, at least discussing, you know, the situation with everybody. And it's also been sobering because, you know, we're all um, in this moment of uncertainty. Yeah, totally. Um, did, did either of you tune into the Zuckerberg um thing last night on Facebook. No, I, I forgot. <laughs> I didn't watch it either. What, could you tell me a little bit about it, Jess? Honestly, they were talking, um, it, I was thinking it might be more um, Facebook-centric, but they didn't really address that until the end. Um, Zuckerberg just talking about their um, the way they're controlling information and trying to avoid misinformation and the spread of that, and then um, allowing people to talk about it and discuss it without it being deleted, too. Um, so uh, the the majority of the conversation was with that um, infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, I believe. Um, and he, you know, it, it was interesting because a lot of the answers to the questions were, re- we really don't know what's going to happen next. Um, and, but, but, he did talk about how, you know, we're finally really responding in the way that we saw China and Italy responding more immediately. Um, they're working on vaccines um, and then they're rolling out more robust testing, which is encouraging. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, we've seen I mean, we've had uh, an insane amount of coverage um, about coronavirus in the past week and a half. Um, mainly in this past week, I forget how many articles we published exactly, but it was a lot, like maybe 68 or something in the last week alone. And I think it was more like 120 or something. It's crazy. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Then I'm way off. (laughs) But yeah, we're we're covering basically every facet of it. Like, because as I said earlier, um, everything's changing literally hour to hour and, I know that our travel reporter, uh, Ryan Barwick, he's seeing just so much because the airlines, the hotels, just the cruises, the tourism industry is just, you know, obviously it's taken a big hit right now. And we're even seeing some from our retail team, some of the brands like um, I believe General Mills had an earnings call where they were talking about how they're actually seeing a boost in sales because at times like this, People like to lean into the things that make them feel comfortable and um, like the, these trusted brands that they really love. And it's, it's kind of interesting seeing how like one sect of the industry will do will have this really big struggle while another sect is like boosting during this time. I mean, even Lysol, I bet they're doing pretty good right now with sales and whatnot. You know, I can tell you, at least with um, on my side with photography, freelancers are hit hard, especially because photography is one of those things where you have to be there to shoot it. You can't really photograph anyone through a webcam. It's ridiculous. But um, I've, even with me, I've canceled like three shoots now uh, that were supposed to happen. Got to figure that out. Um, A lot of photographers that I talked to um, that I worked with a lot, they all had at least, you know, 
most of their income for the year get canceled right out of them. So now they're trying to struggle. A lot of them are, you know, the main source. And so they're trying to figure out how to do things on that side. Yeah, I I see that too um, on a firsthand. My fiance works in film and he freelances and owns his own business. And it's, you know, just a freelance world is dried up. Like um, it's it's really hard for freelancers right now. And it's very scary. Yeah, I, I've been a freelance writer before and I know that it can be hard to keep a client engaged and on task even under normal circumstances but you know a lot of freelancers are being completely ghosted now and no new business is turning up yeah even for like uh people who freelance for agencies and whatnot because every brand is kind of pausing their campaigns right now and there's not like there's just so much uncertainty and uncertainty does not work with a freelance schedule, basically. That's their whole schedule, but this is a whole new kind of uncertainty. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, And, but there are like, I guess some positives that we can look at um, in, in this. I mean, we have to try to be optimistic and try to find some positives and we are seeing like some CEOs uh, have been giving up their salaries for um, their employees because right now, like, it's just, you know, there's unfortunately a lot of layoffs happening, but there's some CEOs who maybe they're just posturing. Maybe it's just like a, I don't know, a move to make themselves look better and make their company look better. But I mean, if it helps people in the short term, it's still kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of hope hope it's a trend. (laughs) Even after this, um, airline industry CEOs in particular have been doing this. I want to say um, United Airlines, JetBlue, and Delta. At least some of them took, you know, are completely giving up their salaries, and then others are doing a like fifty percent pay reduction. And you know, I think it makes for a good show, and I I respect it. I think it's right, but it probably doesn't have a huge impact on the bottom line. And then, you know, a 50% pay reduction to a huge million dollar salary certainly rings a bit hollow when people are being, you know, mass laid off and having to deal with wild unemployment. Right. And I I saw something uh, yesterday that uh, Sephora is paying all their employees who had, they're like, closing all their shops across the country, but anyone who is on the schedule for the next few weeks um, is still going to get paid for those oh, schedule cool. shifts. And I think that's, yeah, that's nice at least to see a retail brand doing that and actually being like, we get it. It's hard. We're taking a hit too. So like you shouldn't yeah, have to great. miss out on two weeks of pay or whatever. Um, I know a lot of um, brands have been doing some cool things. Um you know, the large scale stuff, Google jumped right in with uh, um, allowing, I believe, education and small businesses to access its enterprise level Hangouts software. So normally you can only have a, a limited number of people on there, but I think now it's up to like 250 people and you can live stream to 100,000 people, which is cool. And then, you know, Comcast is giving away free internet services. Wow. Um, Sweet Green, it was super cool. They're uh, bringing free salads to hospitals. I really liked that one. Um, and then Burger King, I think, is giving away um, kids' meals when you buy an adult meal. Um, so there's some really cool stuff going on. Yeah, I remember I saw the Sweet Green one on Instagram, and I sent it to my brother because his girlfriend works in the emergency room. 
And I was like, go get your salad. Sweet green is really yummy. And they're usually pretty expensive. So, <laughs> um, In the entertainment world, um, I, you know, movie people aren't going to movie theaters and movie theaters are shut down. So it's neat to see um, a lot of uh, studios are releasing their movies early on streaming platforms. Like Frozen 2 was dropped on Disney Plus early which was fun. And then NBC Universal, like, um, I want to say, oh gosh, what, what were the movies? Um, Emma and then, what was the other one? Invisible Man um, was dropped early on, I think, iTunes and a couple other streaming flat platforms. And then didn't um, another one that Disney released just get released early? It was one that's still in theaters. Um, the one. Onward. That's the one. That's right. And can I just say, this is another trend I hope happens for people who can't get babysitters. I would love to be able to freaking watch movies before, you know, they have to go to rent. And that's like, you know, months and, you know, months and months later. I'd like to actually be able to watch them. And so, again, please, this is just, I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> I know. I didn't even know, I didn't realize that Tangled 2 had been early released to Disney Plus, and I just happened like to go on Disney Plus that day, and I was like, "Oh, Tangled Two is up. Let's watch it." And me and my fiance watched it, and then like that day, I saw we wrote an article about it. And I was like, "Oh, cool! I gave it to this. Cool." Yeah, and speaking of streaming services, I definitely uh, just got Disney Plus as well, and I mean, those they've got to be doing great. I mean, I've got you know a ton, but Disney Plus was the newest, and I've gotten my kid hooked on Lion King now. Um, so it's just, I, I bet they're having a you know great time there as well, seeing their numbers up. Yeah. I love Disney Plus just because I get to watch all the old original movies that I loved as a kid, like Motocrossed <laughs> and Xenon Girl of the 21st Century, which I definitely watched this week also. Oh, I'm so, full on into so Mandalorian good. right now, which is like, <laughs> how, how late am I? <laughs> I have. I, to, I know. I haven't done that yet. I have to do that. Um, it, that's an interesting thing to think about. Um, you know, movies um, are going online sooner, and you know, what will the long term impacts of that look like? Movie theaters are, are. Is there going to be a more of a shift toward that as the new normal, where it goes on streaming earlier, um, and that connects with like any sort of in person versus virtual interaction, like um, you know, live live experiences that require physical interaction can be a whole area of the business, as we know from experiential marketing. Um, and that, you know, that won't be an option for brands in the near future. It may ultimately be. Um, but is, you know, w will this result in agencies and um, media companies needing to find more effective ways to engage people? Because, you know, it's just not as, as personal when you're doing virtual and streaming interactions. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be, it's going to be interesting, especially with like events and conferences to see how these companies can make their conferences like more engaging in a virtual setting because I think it can be, I, I saw one that was like, uh, I think it was like a mapped out template of what they were planning and they had created like a virtual lobby and everyone had like these little virtual like what uh, people or something that you could go in. I don't know if it was real or if it was like a video game or what I was looking at, but it seems like that's one option. Like, can you imagine just like it's like an, this whole weird virtual reality thing where you're actually engaging with a conference, but you're just home? 
What? Are we going to go like full ready player one? I was going to say Wally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of. Oh my God. You just like kind of plug in and then you're in can. Oh my God. You don't even have to buy the tickets mm. or anything. <laughs> oh God. You know, there was, um, there was this one activation where Amazon Prime Video did, uh, it, I, I don't remember what it was promoting, but it was some sort of like um, car based show. Um, but they partnered with Twitch and they made this huge live streamed game of like car battleship where you could like move around on squares and they were rigged with explosives oh and like the cars blew up and these were like two hours long and got 170,000 people involved. Oh, it was for the grand tour. Um, so maybe gamifying online experiences or making like little avatars to build virtual communities mm-hmm. is more the answer. Yeah. Second life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love creating like little me, like when you had the Wii and you had to create your little me. I love doing that, yeah. like getting to choose your little outfits and your hairstyle and everything. That's so fun. <laughs> we'll, we'll be in The Sims pretty soon. Yeah, kind of. Maybe we'll have our own like little sim language and everything. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess as far as long term effects, I mean, obviously everything is just uncertainty. That's the theme of the uh, the month, I guess. Uh, hopefully that starts to taper off sooner than later, but we don't know. Um, and like, I think unfortunately, we're going to just continue to see layoffs happening at various, like, especially in the hospitality and airline industries, um, certain stores and whatnot. Um, small businesses are having a really tough time right now. In New York, they've made, um, I guess we're all based in New York. I'm usually on the podcast, there's at least one person who's not in New York, but uh, they have small business loans going out for people and those are available if needed. And they're, they're doing like zero interest loans and grants to try to keep some of these businesses afloat. But it's, it's going to be rough. Like, um, my fiance keeps saying we should just start ordering from our favorite restaurants so that like in a couple months or weeks, whenever we're allowed to eat out again and like go to restaurants again, we don't just like see that all of our favorites have closed. Yeah. Retail is in such a complex position because there was, you know, even grocery stores and whatnot, because there was this huge rush to go get staples and that might continue, but people aren't going out and shopping for non-essentials as much, which could put a lot of pressure on like um, physical brands and retailers that were already kind of struggling to adapt to this more internet-based shopping world. Um, uh, Richard Collings was r- writing in one article that um, they're um, that any brand that's already set up with a strong e-commerce capability may be okay um, in terms of pivoting and persevering, which is great. But um, then there's also the fact that there are a lot of people who are out of jobs or going on unemployment and not really in a position to be buying even online. So it's complicated. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because... Um... I, I bet a bunch of those D2C brands right now are kind of like, yeah, this is fine for us. We're doing like same old, same old, like had to close some pop-ups or whatever, but we're back to our basics. And now like the brick and mortar stores are trying to figure out if they didn't create an e-commerce strategy yet, like they're they're probably struggling more than the D2C brands. Um, and I, I also saw uh, what I thought was really interesting. Patagonia, they're always such an awesome brand. Um, and they 
they closed all their stores and they also closed their e-commerce. Like they closed down their website so that people don't have to work in the warehouse and that they have time off now to like really self-isolate. So like even with like D2C and even with Amazon, like you might be thinking like, oh, I'm, it's okay because it's online and I'm doing everything online. But there's still people in a warehouse who are packaging it. And I'm pretty sure there was uh, an article that went live yesterday, which is Thursday for us, um, that said something about like uh, some sicknesses in an Amazon warehouse. And imagine how quickly that could spread. Like you're all just working in the same space, touching the same things. Like it's just, it's a mess. Yeah. On the one hand, Amazon is like doing good things like uh, delaying um, deliveries on like non-essential things so that hospitals and whatnot can get and other medical facilities can get the right resources sooner. But at the same time, apparently they're not treating their workers terribly well and doing what they need to keep those folks healthy. So, you know, it's a bit of a toss up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's <laughs> the coronavirus where we're currently at and, um, where we can try to predict that things can go. But I mean, I, I just think that everyone's just going to have to kind of shift their expectations, like whether that's clients or consumers or brands themselves, like it's kind of like forcing everyone to really slow down. And I think for those of us who are very ambitious and like to keep going, 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 <laughs> like myself, it's very hard to take these things as like, a, okay, maybe this is like a good time to rest and like really, I don't know, center myself here, but that's, that's my optimistic uh, take. That's what I'm trying to do in this time. Yeah, same here. It seems to be hard for me because I keep wanting to do things that I've been doing and then I'm getting stressed out because everything keeps getting canceled or postponed and I'm just like dealing with all that. But all I want is to get these shoots done, have a freelancer get paid because I know they're having a hard time. And then, you know, I like I'm again, I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm about to have to cancel another one today. So it's just like stressful. And uh, with all of us, you know, being so ambitious, like Jez, I know social is going crazy uh, with all of it, too. So it's just it's hard to keep track of, you know, what's going on. And then plus being in here and, you know, losing track of time. Has yeah. been interesting. Yeah, I would say that I, I think I have more to do during this time <laughs> because everybody wants to do, you know, online stuff, which is great. You know, I love that that everybody on our team has an idea for a cool Facebook Live or a LinkedIn group or an initiative for a daily show or a conference. And I really, you know, I can't wait to see what all we do next. But it also means that they're all going through me. So I have a, a lot on my plate, which, I mean, I'm happy to do because being stuck in the house is not my favorite. So keeping occupied is nice. Yeah, for sure. I have a ton of op-eds coming in. Some are really great. Um, Obviously, I, the ones I published are really great. Um, and then there's always there's always the wild cards uh, with the voice channel. I'll just leave it at that. And those are especially interesting to see. Like I just feel like sometimes they make you see somebody and you're like, really, this is the route you want to go right now? All right, sure, yeah, cool, cool. No, it's cool. Um, I want to read those. <laughs> I'll send them to you. I'll forward them to you. <laughs> okay. Okay. 70% of marketers spend more time producing digital advertising content than they'd like. Don't be one of them. 
Find out how creative automation can help. Learn how at Seltra.com. That's C-E-L-T-R-A.com. And I guess now we can kind of pivot. We can take a hard pivot because March is also Women's History Month. Yay! I feel so valued (laughs) it's weird because like there have been march has a lot of like celebrations and times for renewal it's like it's the first day of spring yesterday and there were earlier this week we had saint patrick's day and i was like great i'll have a beer by myself so (laughs) yeah and and of course we've got women's history month and we had all these wonderful stories um come through on International Women's Day and all these initiatives that everybody was launching and everybody was so excited to to do Women's History Month and then we came to this screeching halt. Yeah. But um, at the same time, like, I don't know, it, it's an interesting time because um, for remote work does sort of level the playing field on that in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Like, um, I, I feel as though like International Women's Day happened right before coronavirus really hit New York or not New York, but the U S in general. Um, and like everyone, like you said, they were like, yay, here's this thing that we can look forward to. We're building up women. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. And then like two days later, it was like, Oh, actually we're not doing any of this because like, we're not bringing anybody in and we don't want (laughs) to, we don't want to, talk to women or talk to anybody because we don't want to see you because who knows we want to protect each other that's interesting you said something about like having maybe having a gender balance with remote work um you know I'm always curious with that because you know I talked to some of the other um I would say dads in of ad week and just kind of I'm always curious on how the balance is at home too I mean if one of them's working or if both of them were is working or are working who's doing what who's taking care of kids like how how is this working uh for both men and women. And then just in the workplace, I'm always curious about, you know, like, would it be like, just because they don't have, like, there's more representation or, or women are able to like speak more because we're virtually, I'm I'm just curious. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see like, if anybody looks back on this time to see if things were kind of more balanced, like with a virtual conference or whatever, or, or meetings, since we're all remote anyway, are women able to get more speaking time or like, because you can't see who's about to talk on a Zoom conference if you're not all using a (laughs) camera or whatever. Um, Like it'll be, it's going to be interesting to look back on. I'll be interested to see if, you know, does, um, can remote work have an impact on unconscious bias? You know, we have, if we're, you know, if we're interacting with people of any background, you know, physically or in person, is there a difference in the way that we interact with people in that way versus in a remote space? Do we abandon some of our unconscious biases? Do we give more people a quote unquote seat at the table when the table is virtual? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And like, that would be interesting. It would be totally. And like, even if like that weird, crazy world that we were imagining before where it's like a fake lobby and you create like a little me or whatever, <laughs> like what if the women just created male um, like people in that space and then you don't know Ooh. who is and isn't a woman and you can't like, you, I wonder if people are going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, this like male em- emoji person, we're going to like let them into this 
conference. We're going to give them this opportunity to speak and then they speak and it's a woman. I wonder if that would like kind of help also eliminate that bias. We're like catfishing. Yeah, it kind of is like catfishing. <laughs> like maybe it's not the most honest thing to do, but I know some people But if there's a way. Yeah, I know some people like have said in the past that they have kind of like a gender neutral name, like their name is Sam yeah. or something like that. They'll just put Sam uh rather than Samantha or Samuel or whatever and well, they said, like, they've seen, like, oh, I get more responses to my resume if I keep it, like, Sam versus, like, Samantha. Yeah, uh, I noticed that, too. <laughs> too bad Casey doesn't work, really. Well, I guess it could. Yeah, well, neither does yeah, Nicole. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've had uh, quite a few cover stars, and we've used a bunch of women photographers. Casey, do you want to kind of walk us through some of the people we've featured and who we've worked with over so far this year? Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny. I um, didn't, this wasn't planned. Um, we, so I've hired at least, let's see, I got for this year, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven uh, women uh, photographers didn't even realize that they were all women when I was uh, hiring them until recently. And, uh, you know, we had them shoot, you know, our Super Bowl issue, which I loved it because it was uh, on Olay and it had two uh, women, Lily Singh and um, Bussy Phillips. And, you know, I love that it was a woman's, I mean, I, you know, it's Olay, it's fine, but it's a woman's, um, you know, look on, on a very manly, you know, sport, I guess is what I would say for our Super Bowl issue. And I liked that we did that. Um, and shout out to Maggie Shannon. Love her. Uh, she did a great job on that. Um, you know, our, the next, you know, the next shoot we did was media agency of the year. We had the two women from UM, uh, the global CEO and the, uh, US CEO on the cover. That was super exciting. Uh, and that's a shout out to Heather, uh, Stin. She, you know, was great. And then I want to just shout out the rest of the, uh, of the girls, Shirley Yu, Rosemary Cromwell, Rosette Rago, Cheryl Sanchez, and Christy Hemclock. Christy was the last one I got before uh, coronavirus hit. So then, you know, everything else got canceled. But I want to shout out them uh, for doing such a great job, you know, even with DJ Khaled, uh, Sam Eastmull. Um, it was fantastic. And it just goes to show that, you know, while I know the industry was skewed highly male, for just years and like forever. I'm just going to say forever. It's always been male and it's always been white male. It's just nice to show that, you know, while these look like, you know, any other kind of uh, covers or shoots, women look, they can have the same look that you're wanting as what you get from a man. And it's, you know, honestly, it's been easier to deal with, but uh, <laughs> it's been, you know, <laughs> we have the same issues that we all talk about. So and we, I mean, I still talk to all of them. We we're all, you know, virtually friends. So, um, you know, it's just great. And I'm, you know, excited to keep using more women, especially women of color who have had a hard time. And it's just, um, I, well, I'm hoping the coronavirus um, situation becomes better because I want to just keep moving on and keep uh, showing what we can all do. Yeah, that's awesome that you're making such a concerted effort to find women and women of color, especially to like work with for these shoots. Because like you said, somebody could be like, oh, I want it to be this particular style with me wearing this. You don't need a male photographer to be able to portray that type of style. Like it, a woman photographer can do the same thing. Yeah, especially, you know, for the Khaled cover, we wanted him to look so, um, you know, 
not, you know, in that persona that he has, we wanted him to be a little pulled back and more reserved as how he is looking. And I think uh, Rosemary really just, you know, knocked it out of the park with that cover and, you know, him with his flowers, you know, he loves his garden. So I just think she did such a great job and it, you know, you never would have guessed. And also in that shoot, shout outs to Khaled's team because uh, while they had her there for the full day, she had just given birth and she needed to uh, breastfeed. And so they, while she was waiting there for a while, uh, they actually set aside a room in his house for her to actually breastfeed her child while she waited for him. Oh, that's awesome. And then they went and did the shoot. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Wow. That cover was so striking. I loved it. Yeah, Yeah, it was gorgeous. Great. I'm pretty partial to it, so <laughs> I think it came out really great. Um, and do you want to talk a little bit more about like what went into the Super Bowl cover? Because that was one of I think this year's so far one of the coolest covers, especially like that ad. Also, was just one of I think one of the coolest ads from the Super Bowl this year. Just having I, I am always you know, whatever, it's cheesy, but every time there's an ad that's like, we need to give women more opportunities and like that old yeah. ad that's like, I could do anything you could do, but I could do better. I love them. They just always make me kind of tear up a little bit. And I'm like, I can't do anything you could do. <laughs> yeah, you're you're an athlete. I can't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I have to say, uh, the cover actually ended up, you know, for other reasons, it was, uh, you know, not shot by uh, the photographer, but uh, everything on the inside was shot by her. Uh, there was all logistics but we had her spend two days uh while um ole was shooting the commercial just behind the scenes photographing katie couric um lily and buzzy off obviously and taraji and um you know she got some great shots she uh, photographed like they had this whole warehouse and she just you know really got in there and it was very documentary like in a way because she got to you know be embedded behind the scenes and getting all the um work and she just did a great job and you know shout outs again to maggie she's an amazing photographer and she really has a great eye. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And I guess we're also going to have, um, a few, we have currently some voice pieces that are coming from for about women's history month. Um, again, everything's kind of been overshadowed and pushed by coronavirus, which uh, it always feels unfortunate where it's like a month that's dedicated to a marginalized group. <laughs> and when something like this happens, it's like, oh, well, there goes my month of like feeling good and getting people to like <laughs> brag about me or whatever. Um, or hire yeah, me. yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. In a basic level. Um, Do it all year, yeah, guys. Please. And uh, we had one that went in one of our print magazines uh, recently it went in our March 9th issue. It was by Mickey Honorville. And uh, she's the CEO of Bonobos, which is, you know, a men's fashion brand. And she is overseeing a men's fashion brand. And she she's written for us before. And I just I love when she writes for us because it really is so fascinating to me that she's like has an entire executive team that's dominated by women to create a product for men because like we have seen that our entire lives, like uh, for decades and decades, we women have seen brands led by men creating messaging for women. And, you know, we've obviously bought the products. They, you know, there's a lot of missteps along the way, but in a general sense, they've done something right because we buy their products and um, it has worked for them to an extent. And she's able to do this. She shows like, okay, yeah, I can run a menswear brand. I can 
could have an executive team of women and we could cater it to men because like we also know how to sell things and we know how to do our jobs and you don't have to have like any hesitation to hiring us. And I just, I, I highly recommend reading her piece. I just love, I love her writing. It's so good. Um, and it, it actually connects to what Casey was saying about having, um, you know, a masculine subject shot by a woman photographer and featuring women of color um, on a cover about the Super Bowl. Um, and I, I thought that was so cool. And in, in that piece, Mickey points to um, studies showing that teams with diverse people and management teams uh, really deliver, deliver a higher pace of quality of innovation. Um, they have, you know, higher return ultimately, and that it's, you know, obviously this isn't just uh, women, but all sorts of diversity, inclu- including people of color and neuro- neurodiversity. Um, but, you know, she really advocates for ensuring that both men and women have that seat at the table. And, you know, if you have fair recruiting processes that ensure that kind of advancement, then everybody gets more engagement opportunities and everybody wins in the end. Yeah. I think every, every time that they're like during Black History Month, during Women's History Month, during Hispanic Heritage Month, every time there's one of these months celebrating a marginalized group, everyone... I get all these emails about like, okay, here are all the studies showing like that we need that a diverse team will help for X reasons. And this is how you're going to see more ROI from your consumers and everything if you have a diverse team. And I just keep wondering, when do we get to that point? I think this is something I asked during the Black History Month podcast too. But like, when do you feel like we get to that point where like we're not just quoting these stats anymore, but it's our reality and it's happening and it's just there. Like we can say again and again, I feel like for the last three or four years, everyone has been touting these same studies and saying like, hey, the, the research is here, let's do it. But when does it get to the point where we're done touting the research and we're like, no, we're doing this. Like we're done waiting because this is this needs to happen now. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I hate, I, I, I hate saying this, but I hate first. I hate hearing first woman to do something first. I want to get it to where we are already past that. You know, there's, we, women are everywhere. We've, we're all here. Same with people of color. I mean, I want to get past these first and just have it normal. It's just what we do. Right. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, it's a little cliche, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg being asked, you know, how many women would it take to make yeah, um, the Supreme Court, you know, supportive for women. And she's like all of them, Yeah, you know, <laughs> It's so um, um, you know, I, and I think I think that's a good point too, because uh, you know, in in our industry, um, mentorship between women is an area that we can really build out, and it's taken off recently too. You know, we've got our executive mentor program that makes it easier for women to support their peers, um, and I, I think you know, as as women move into leadership roles. Um, enabling and and giving a leg up to the up and comers behind them really uh, can help level that playing field. And then um, I'm sure Casey can speak to this a little better than I can, but because I'm I'm not a mother, but I imagine being a working mom is still pretty tough in the agency world. Um, I want to say like something like a third of working moms. Um, have a trust still have a, a difficult time supporting their families and making sure that that balance is still there and of course you know it's it's tough to be any kind of working parent but I think the burden ends up on on moms a little more um but uh maybe 
the ability for, um, you know, working women who have, or working moms who have attained these leadership roles, um, coaching younger women on what it takes to balance both of those things might help. No, it's true. Actually, I had this conversation with my husband recently about how it feels, and it's never said, but it definitely feels like, um, you know, if a kid gets sick, who's going to stay home? The company's always most likely going to expect the woman and not the man. And so I also feel bad for dads who are like, I want to go and take it because, you know, my wife's, you know, in a meeting and, you know, I'm over here. I also have a meeting, but she, who's going to take it? You know, who's going to do it? And so I think, um, you know, there's still a little bit of balancing going with companies like, you know, just bias. It's not like, obviously it's not said, but it's just you. I always have this feeling like if I'm like, oh, my kid's sick. They're like, oh, well, you can go. And then if my husband says it, they're like, well, can you call your wife? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm just like, well, hey, I've got stuff to do too. I can't always be at home. But then again, also he is more hands-on working so I could do mine remotely. Uh, You know, so there's some work there, but it definitely is hard, especially for single moms and single dads. Um, You know, feel for you guys. Uh, You know, mostly moms because it's just, you know, you already went through the whole pregnancy process and you're, you know, that's a long recovery. I'm telling you that I'm two years out and I'm still recovering (laughs) from that. Um, But, you know, shout outs to them, especially in this time, because I don't know how they're doing it. I I, I did one day solo parenting uh, and doing remote with my kid and I almost, you know, ripped my hair out and just walked out the door. (laughs) So, you know, right now she's with my husband. Thank goodness. Um, That's that's all I could ask for. And I actually want to also shout out, uh, you know, you know, not as a mother, you know, for uh, going on this women's, uh, you know, international women's and also with the coronavirus. Um, one of my favorite resources to find photographers, uh, women photograph. They are they uh, collect um, they have a catalog of, you know, thousands of women who are, you know, it's women, women of color, non-binary um, who are all around the world. And, you know. They also understand what's going on with the freelance world. And so they've been setting up an emergency fund for, um, you know, women, people of color and all that stuff just to, um, you know, kind of ease the issues happening um, for freelancers around the world. And so I just want to shout out them uh, as a, we're bringing coronavirus and international women's stage. Yeah, full circle here. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, though. That's great that they're able to do that. Yeah. The the network really helps. It's having a, that supportive female network just really enables you to feel like you have people who are um, going through the same things. It helps you deal with like imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. because everybody thinks, you know, it's easy to think that you're not um, good enough, but you know, you are, you absolutely are. And you can make the strides and take the industry to the next level. There's no reason why you should not be that next leader. I'm in a, a women's like writing and editing network. That's kind of massive. And they, it, it is really great to like see all the support. Like one of the groups that I'm in is, it's just one that I've been in for a while. Uh, back when I used to also like do freelance writing and editing, and it's just great to see people be there for each other. And there's still people who are like, there's one person who like finds jobs still every day, and she posts it for other people. And she's like, here, guys, apply to this. Like, if you really need it, like. It's low paid, but whatever, like it, it'll help in a hard time. So it's just great to see people there for each other That's in that great. way. Um, I, I really love community in these times. Yeah, me too. All right. Um, I think that kind of wraps us up for today. So thanks so much for joining us. And uh, thank you for those who tuned in. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
Be, be well, everyone. Yeah, stay safe <laughs> out there. Our theme music is by Home. This episode was edited by Lane McGivney and produced by Nicole Ortiz. Audio production by Josh Rios. Please take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.